1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that
0: time of the week. It's Dirty Party time. Everyone, and welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm producer Stephen Peters here with.
1: Well, as you can see, uh, listeners, I'm in my scrubs straight from the clinic, Dr. Rob Zammett.
0: And this is a very special episode because. Yeah, it's
1: special, all right. We're going to talk about dog shows. This is the dog show episode.
0: And you're going to hear some crazy, juicy stuff (laughs) that happens (laughs) at some of the biggest dog shows in the country and around the world.
1: Yeah, I've been a dog judge and a competitor. At many dog shows, sung and spill the beans on the tricks of the trade. I've been all around the world with dog shows and enjoy it.
0: Juicy, juicy! You'll laugh, you'll cry, and but most importantly, you'll also learn a few things about looking after your own dog, even if it's just a mutt. But first, um, what happened at the clinic this week? Rob, busy as always. I'm guessing. Uh, we
1: are always COVID has not put a, a dampener on people looking after their animals, which is great. And well, nor should it really. No, and I, look, I've, but one of the things that I went looking for was a bit of research that I'd heard about and I found it. I have a client that comes in and this lady does dog obedience, a lot of dog obedience. And with dog obedience, you know, I've always been taught, I'll just give single words, just say, you know, drop, sit, now don't talk to your dog too much. I've never been one to believe that and I don't know why, I just, I like to do other things and talk to them, even show them things. This lady is a top trainer, she's always talking to her dogs you know, having absolute full conversations with them. Research has recently come out to show that dogs understand and prefer people talking to them. They don't like just the single command. They learn best by watching and smells. They like a bit of a
0: conversation. And they love a
1: conversation. So for those people that uh, do like talking to their dogs, you're not nuts. In fact, (laughs) when when you go for a walk, if you're talking to your dog, it's less likely to be pulling out in front of you because it's coming back to you and, you know, you're the point of interest, the dog's a point of interest with you because they can hear your voice, you're talking, discussing things with you. People that are walking, watching you think you're crazy, but your dog doesn't and that's what matters. So talk to your dogs a lot more. You'll find the interaction is quite good for them and it'll be a lot better for you too. So for all those behaviourists that like to... Lay the dog on the lounge and just talk to it in single words, uh, it doesn't work. It's not as effective as an owner having a real conversation with a dog. This research is you know, done and it's a published paper on how the dog's brain functions. And they fun- function with uh, voice and with sentences, much like we do. It was really interesting because they did all sorts of MRIs to watch, to see our dogs work and how they, they function with all sorts of smells, etc. and conversations were better for them than just single-word commands.
0: Oh, brilliant. I'm going to take
1: my dog out for a good chat. Oh, I should think so. Look, I've noticed it as well. I have a, a client and a friend who he's, uh, has a guide dog. He's blind, and he's always talking to his dog, and people are saying, oh, he shouldn't do that. You know, trainers are saying just single words, single words, but yet the dog really just is so bonded with this. This man relies on his dog for everything. You know, he, goes out, of course, yeah. he, he goes out in the streets with his dog. He goes to work with his dog. He's a solicitor and takes his dog into the courts and the dog's always there with him. Fantastic um, research that's been done on talking to your dog.
0: That's good information for everybody. I didn't know that and I'm sure most people probably didn't know that either. Now, our quiz question for this week's episode is... How old was the world's oldest dog? It was an Australian cattle dog named Bluey. So how old was Bluey when he died? Was he 19, 22, 29 or 40? Anyway, Rob will have the answer to that question a little bit later in the show. Now, our Celebrity Dog of the Week is called Teddy, and Teddy is owned by an ex-supermodel who once graced the cover of Harper's Bazaar magazine with Teddy, Uh, and we'll tell you all about Teddy a little bit later on. Let's get into our our very special dog show episode. Now, just tell me, Rob, how do do dog shows work? There are dog shows all over the world. Yep. The question, I guess, the question I want to know firstly is: Are there uh, are there financial rewards for winning a dog show, or is it just a trophy and 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 kudos, obviously?
1: Just a trophy and kudos. There's no financial reward at any dog show that's uh, of any value to to the uh, person exhibiting the dog. Um, some of them have little major financial prizes. I'm talking like. 25 to $50, maybe $100, which probably doesn't even cover your cost of petrol, certainly doesn't cover the cost of all your time and effort and grooming and, that goes into it. It can take a whole day to prepare a dog for a dog show the next day. That's wow. how long it can take, you know, trimming and grooming and everything else that you want to get the dog just right. These people put massive efforts into their dogs, so with the long coat of dogs, the longer the coat, the more the effort, mm. as you could imagine. And
0: do a lot mm. of uh, mm. people with dogs, exhibiting dogs with long coats, use talcum powder mm. and all sorts of other other bits and pieces like that?
1: Oh yes, despite the fact it says no foreign material in the dog's coat. Oh, you're not supposed <laughs> to put anything on the coat. But they at do. All. They'll they'll put. Well, and it's hard to groom a dog out sometimes without things like um, potato flour is, is very commonly used right. for some reason. It uh, helps with brushing the coat out and giving the dirt out, so it's not a big deal. It doesn't, certainly doesn't hurt the dog. And these people love their dogs, every one of them. Not only do they love their dogs, they think their dog's the best. So when they lose, I think bloody judge, what he didn't know what he was doing. Here. <laughs> There's always that element of, yes, congratulations, I'm glad you won, but <clears throat> I prefer I would have won.
0: Are there are there sort of ongoing feuds? Uh, particularly in one breed, <laughs> where you know somebody's won the last three shows and uh, yep. you know, they're they're head and shoulders above everybody else, and
1: yep, the best way to get hated at a dog show is win. <laughs> the winners are never the winners might be grinners but um, they're not as liked if they could. Well, look up to a point. I mean, y- you. If you appreciate quality, those people that really do appreciate quality can see that, yep, that dog deserved it, really deserved to win and that person's put the right effort in. But there are those people that will always bag the dog out just because it won and beat their dog. With dog shows, how they work is that you go in not just against your breed but you go in against your age group and, in effect, against the sex in your age group. In other words, the males of that age group in oh, that wow, breed, I didn't realize that. that's how mm. it starts. So you, you'll start against the males in your your um, age group. If you win that, then you go against all the males in your breed. If you win that, then you go against the best female that's been selected. If you win that, then you go against the group. And there are various groups. That, they vary around the world, the groups, but basically there's the little dogs, called toys. They're not toys, they're dogs, but they're the little dogs. Um, then you've got the terriers. Yeah, you know, lots of those we know about, Staffordshire Bull Terriers and Y-Head Fox Terriers and all those, all those other terriers. Um, th- there's Gun Dogs, which are dogs that work out in the field, hunting-type dogs. German Shorthead Pointers, Labradors, of course, and lots of other breeds like that. Um, the Hounds, Greyhounds, Afghan Hounds. So you go into, into your group. If you win your group, then you go against all the other group winners and you win the ultimate prize, best in show.
0: So best show way. is yeah that's that's you <clears throat> you've just beaten every dog there is
1: yeah in that on that day
0: on that day yeah. yeah
1: and sometimes some dog shows go for longer than one day there's so many like Westminster goes on for quite some time yeah, quite a long show Crufts of course another show that goes on for over a week usually uh, we have our own Royal Easter shows here that uh, oh sorry. The Royal Easter show is the one in Sydney, but we have royal shows that do go on for some days. And there's my dog barking, saying, take me, take me, I'm the best, I'm the best.
0: It sounds like there's a dog fight happening right outside. (laughs) This is what happens when you record your podcast at Dr Rob's clinic. Um, If it wasn't for those damn dogs, um, (laughs) it would sound quite nice. But anyway, we can can live with
1: that. I'm sure people love that.
0: Now, there is a question I know everybody wants the answer to, but it's probably embarrassed to ask, and that is... You know, uh, the worst thing I guess your dog could do would be to decide to go to the toilet whilst it's prancing around the ring trying to impress the judges. Yeah, what what it's are the not tricks good to stop your dog doing that?
1: Um, I guess knowing your dog. You know, if you feed in the morning, it's likely it's going to go to the toilet during the day. If you feed at night, usually they go to the toilet that morning before you. Uh, go to the show. So you let them out and make sure they do it. But there are other little tricks um, used a lot in uh, different areas. Would you believe a matchstick? Oh, th- I don't know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know what you do with the matchstick.
1: You put well, a little bit of lubricant on the matchstick. You put it just into the bottom of the dog. I had a and, feeling that's what doing, uh, yeah, you had. Yeah, and you walk the dog and the dog wants to, oh, what's there? I want to push. And that makes him go oh. to the toilet. So, yeah, there are ways of uh, making them go to the toilet before they go in. That, that's that's used clever. by some people. It doesn't hurt the dog. It's just it feels that discomfort that yeah. there's something there. It says, oh, I'm going to get it out. They push and everything comes out. Good. I'm ready to go to the dog show.
0: I guess for most of us, we, we think that people who exhibit their dogs, and I know this is not true, uh, are all just a little bit crazy or a little bit eccentric or... Or something (laughs) like that. I I mean, obviously there are those characters, but I think generally
1: they're all just mums and dads, aren't they? Yeah, they just love it. It's a family sport because it's not just mums and dads. Kids get involved as well. There is, in the middle of the day, they'll often break for what's called child handlers and they've broken up into two age groups, a younger group and then a a slightly older group. But they're all children that get in there and show their ability and these kids, they would outshow me, I'll tell you,
0: I'm sure there must have been a full-on couple of dog fights out the back, uh, where some breeds just or some dogs just don't get on. D- oh, look, despite the fact their owners might be quite okay.
1: It has happened. Um, I have seen that happen in, in the probably years ago. Not so much now because nowadays they're very very strict on temperament. Temperament is right. everything. If your dog has bad temperament, it doesn't matter how good it looks. It's out. So you're a judge as well as um, showing your own dogs. Mm-hmm. As a judge,
0: what's the worst thing that someone could do whilst they're parading their dog in front of you? What's, what's the worst thing that could happen that would be a major loss of points for that person and their dog?
1: If they are in any way, you know, the dog mightn't be performing. And I don't mind. Dogs, are, they're not a machine. I don't get worried. People say, oh, but it didn't run you know, smoothly. As well. I'm fine. I can assess the dog. I'm not worried about that if they in any way you know, pull the dog along or check the dog or do anything bad to the dog, boom, I kick them out straight away. You come back when you learn how to handle your dog properly. Very rarely have I had to do that. So Very if somebody's
0: rarely. aggressive, uh, <clears throat> openly aggressive to their dog? That's... In
1: any way, shape or form, I won't accept it. And I don't think Very any perfect. judge would. No person would. Okay.
0: So I've walked out with my dog ready to go, is there a routine that I that I need to do or do I just walk in a circle? What's
1: What's, no, what's expected well, of me and my dog? Yeah, the, the judge is in charge. Once the animals all come in, all the dogs come in, the judge says, this is your class. The judge then is in charge of the ring. And it's up to the judge. I tell them to run around twice at least, one time to just settle them down, next time so I can have a look at them when they're settled down. Um, and then they will um, line up, stand their dogs up in a particular position so I can assess the dog's conformation, and then each dog comes out to me individually. I run my hands over the dogs to examine them, and then I usually ask them to either run in a triangle so I can see the dog's movement when it's running away from me. I get to see how the back legs work. I see the side gait in the triangle, and then the dog runs towards me, and I see the front, how it comes towards me, the elbows and the pastons, and make sure it's running in a good straight line, believe it or not. And you can assess just how good the the dog goes that way. Um, then they all go back in the line, and you'll start sorting them out, and then run them again the circle just to make your final decisions.
0: So, can you tell um, if the dog is having a good
1: time? Oh, straight away. And you know, dogs that are not having a good time never do well in the show ring because they're they're shy, they're withdrawn. Maybe their tails are even tucked up in you know, in between their legs. They're not happy about life, they're not striding out straight away. And those sort of dogs may be good um, family dogs somewhere, but they, they won't be showing, and so they'll be retired from the show ring and often not bred from, because you want a dog that is gregarious, you want a good family dog, as I say, to be a show dog.
0: So over the years, you must have seen some really interesting things, <laughs> and some really bad behaviour, I'm guessing. Come on, give us a couple of
1: good stories. Fill the beans. <laughs> I'll tell you a few funny ones. The, the One of the funniest ones was people that have little dogs will often have quite a few to show. Not one or two, but maybe half a dozen or nine or ten. You know.
0: Of different breeds?
1: No, the same breed. Right. They love that breed. Now, Chihuahuas, for example, yeah, it's not going to cost you a lot of money if you own ten Chihuahuas, and you don't need lots and lots of room. It's not like ten German Shepherds, for example. And the dogs all get on, as we said. You know, They've got to be good-natured dogs. So they might bring them in two or three carriers rather than one individual one. I had this one chihuahua lady who was, she was, tells you the story quite openly. Betty was a lovely lady. She brought her little male dog out, showed it against the other male dog, did not win, and put it back in the crate. Then she was showing the others. When it came round to showing the female uh, that was running with that particular dog, same age group, I think it was a brother or sister or whatever, she put her hand in, grabbed the dog, put it on the table, showed it, and it won. It won and won best of breed in the end. Then she realized, uh oh, I've got the wrong dog as a female. She had the male out. And and because it had it was long catered chihuahua, our no awkward. one noticed. Shell It won. <laughs> so was she stripped of her rosette? <laughs> no, she never told anyone. <laughs> so oh, that okay. was fine. <clears throat> the other thing you're not allowed to do is double handle. What double handle Well, I so, say I go along to a dog show and you know, mum and dad go along to a dog show. And you try to bring the best out of the dog. You don't want to be alert and looking up at things, looking up at the judge or looking outside the ring. So one person's in the ring with the dog. The other person's outside the ring, strategically positioned, so the dog's looking at them and looking oh, up. And yeah. that's called double handling. People get away with it all the time, but it's not supposed to happen. One person brought a rooster along to a dog show, and they said, what the hell? What are you doing with the rooster? Just walking around with the rooster. Apparently this well,
0: – around the back, we, where all the dogs are. Yep. Po-
1: at a the show, at the show, yeah. They would Eventually they were told, no, you can't do that. You've got to take it away because they, everyone was worried about the poor rooster. He said, but he doesn't mind dogs. In fact, the reason they brought him was he was best friends with the dog, so they were double-handling with the rooster. Can so the rooster that? was
0: there to, to calm the dog.
1: Yep, just calm the dog down.
0: <laughs> so have you have you ever seen um, you know people get into full-on arguments out the back?
1: <laughs> out the back, out As the in, front. In, you know, yeah. what, really? Oh, really? yeah. And one of my friends um, was judging in Italy and the guy in second place was turning it on like, yeah, I should have won, yeah, in, in Italian, of course. Mm. And so he said, oh, look, I tell you, maybe I've made a mistake. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you can convince the guy in first place to swap places with you, I'll accept that. He left them to it, two Italians, uh-huh. arguing about who should have been first. He said it was delightful to watch.
0: I can't <laughs> imagine that ending well. Hello to any Italians who are listening to our podcast. Si,
1: perché no, davvero. There you go. What, what he said, what he said. <laughs>
0: Alright right, now let's just backtrack a little bit and talk briefly about our celebrity dog this week. Now, our celebrity dog, uh, his name is Teddy. Now, Teddy has been on the cover of Harper's Bazaar. That's because Teddy, well, he was on the cover with his mum, who just happens to be um, supermodel or maybe ex-supermodel. I don't know what her status is now, but uh, Australia's own Miranda Kerr. Now, Teddy is a poodle.
1: Is that correct, Rob? Well, I think so. I mean, you, you look at the pictures and you Google pe- this picture, if you wish, people, and see Teddy, Miranda Kerr's dog. To me, it looks like a miniature poodle. People say, oh, it's not, you know, the hair's not right. And that's all grooming. You know, my daughter has a, a crossbred dog that gets groomed like a schnauzer and has no schnauzer in the door. But I think Teddy is a miniature poodle. How would we know? How could we find that out? Well, there is good news if you want to. And some people have bought this for their dog to find out what it is. A product called Embark, E-M-B-A-R-K. And it's um, made by um, this, the people who have developed this, is Cornell University Veterinary School, which are a really fabulous university and fabulous um, uh, some research that's done there, dog DNA to find out what your dog's breed is. So if you do wonder what your dog's breed is, you can get onto that. There's what, do you send off a, a swab or something? Yeah, like that? you buy the kit, take the swab and send it off to them. That's and a cute idea. They, they, look, there are a lot of these tests about, and I've got to be honest, for me, I've tested them and they don't work. And unfortunately, the one in Australia doesn't work, hasn't worked for me, at least, every time we've sent something off. Right. And, but this Embark one, we, tr- we did test it and it did work. So if you, if you Google Embark and you can find out. So this dog, let's assume it is a miniature poodle because that's what it looks like to me. There are three sizes of poodles. Duke, who we spoke about in... we, we didn't, mm, Duke was a special scum. guest two weeks ago, I yeah. think, yes. He um he was a standard poodle, normal. The first poodle ever bred was that size, very tall dog. The one down from that is the miniature, and the small one is the toy. So the miniature is the in-between size, and it's a good family dog. They are very, very loyal to their owners, really loyal to their owners, not so fussed on strangers, not aggressive, you know, they're be happy enough to be patted by a stranger or whatever they're not an aggressive dog but they just are scrupulously loyal to their owner they'll bark if anyone's outside they'll always let you know, you know they can be noisy that way if somebody's coming towards your house your property they will let you know um, they are dogs that don't shed hair so they are true hypoallergenic dogs i see that about a lot of crossbred dogs these days they're, um, supposedly hypoallergenic. And a dermatologist came out and said, it's just not true. I'm getting lots of people with allergies because of their dog. They're told they're hypoallergenic, they're not. If they shed hair, they're not hypoallergenic. Poodles don't shed hair and they have to be trimmed every 6 to 12 weeks, depending on how short you have them trimmed. And But they're a very clean dog, extremely, scrupulously clean. And even though it's called a miniature poodle, it's actually... A reasonably big dog well, or mid-sized Mid-sized. Let's say smaller, way smaller than the Labrador, um, bigger than, way bigger than the Chihuahua. They're in mm-hmm. that mid-range dog. They're not as small as a Papillon or one of the toy breeds. Um, they're not as big as some of the big gun dogs, but they're a robust dog. They love playing. Great agility dogs too. Very, very intelligent. I've seen them in obedience. Do very, very well.
0: All right, all right. Well done, Miranda. Good choice. That's what we say here at the Doggy Pod. Now, our quiz question this week, you may remember, was what was the world's oldest dog? Now, sadly, this dog, which was an Australian uh, cattle dog named Bluey, is no longer with us, of course, otherwise we wouldn't know. But was he 19, 22, 29, or 40? Now, according to the Guinness World Records, the oldest dog, was 29 and 5 months. Now, Bluey died back in 1939. That's
1: extraordinary, isn't it, Rob? Yep, he was born in 1910, and that was shown by the papers that verified when he was born. And there was verification of a death certificate that showed how old he was. Of course, there's been a bit of an argument because there was another dog, Maggie, who was said to be 30 years old, but they didn't have her papers to verify it. So the Guinness Book of Records says, no, the 29-year-old dog wins. Maggie was also an Australian dog, an Australian Kelpie. And isn't that interesting? Two Australian breeds shows that we've bred well as breeders in this country for longevity and soundness. We're a tough bunch. Yeah, well, boy, you're going to find hard-pressed to find tougher than an Australian cattle dog or an Australian Kelpie. But both those dogs, one was 29, one was reputedly 30 years old when it died. And they're sound dogs that have just gone on. In fact, the the gentleman that said his dog was 30 uh, lived on a dairy farm and that dog would still, until just before it died, would go down to the dairy farm with him and follow him on the property and walk around. Great dogs, aren't they, these breeds?
0: My God, so what would that have been in doggy years? Now, speaking of doggy years, that's uh, something we're going to talk about in an episode soon. Uh, Is this this a myth, this whole thing about seven years being equivalent to one human year and vice versa or whatever it might be anyway that's coming up on the doggy pod soon all right thank you for listening once again we do appreciate it if you've enjoyed it please subscribe and and tell your friends we have a new episode that comes out every friday and thanks again for listening we'll hear from you then
1: and if you're in the middle of a covid crisis just hug your dog keep your dog close give it an extra hug and learn to live like your dog your dog accepts that it's here today and it's happy Don't think about the future too much. Don't overthink it. Just be with your dog and enjoy life. Excellent advice.
0: See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.